invaders on that ship. Now, don't get jittery, Luke. There are a lot of command ships. <laughs> keep your distance, though, Chewie. But don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. <laughs> I don't know. Fly casual. This is bullshit. America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. That's not true. We're going to get super popular. Not, not with your cynical ass. <laughs> <laughs> fighting people for no reason but to fight them i just really love it though i'll that's, just that's i'll fair. separate myself sure you know, that's from fair. the podcast well hey then, guys welcome, welcome to, to the, the necessary bullshit, bullshit podcast. podcast we're an ongoing experimental conversation podcast between a kind of libertarian yeah. and a kind of progressive yeah and we promote <laughs> intellectual skepticism hey intellectual uh, skepticism uh, yeah look, look see uh, i can yeah. say it perfectly fine uh self-education yep and deep conversations. Very, very deep conversations. Yeah. So um, today we're we're just we're gonna do it. It's, we're gonna do it. So it's, it's so happening. This is, this is kind of what we talked about. Um, <laughs> so Ian and I, we we had tried to do a death episode and just you know really wanted to talk about the philosophy and learning about it and it just had scrapped as we had mentioned for those of you that listened to it. The thing that I didn't really think about was was releasing it damn near around the holidays around the christmas time right like you know yeah. our death episode and then you know we just our impeachment episode it was like right before when did that come out was it like right after christmas yeah it was, was like this, and then yeah, and then so like a week Monday. later we did that so it's just like you know and all of the other podcasts we're seeing are doing fun holiday episodes and oh yeah and and i was just like ian we, we didn't do anything fun we just did this like very somber topic right before the most happiest time of the year theoretically um, arguably <laughs> theoretically um, <laughs> well when you're in the when you know, when you're in the service industry it's definitely not what's what's the saddest day of the year i would the, love to know that the saddest day of the year i don't know we'll have to get to that later however we thought anyway. that we didn't get a chance to do a fun episode so we're going to take that opportunity now and what are we covering jump roll please Duh. star wars yeah here's i'm the th so yeah you wanted me to say it too no, i mean you can yeah but here's the thing though in the middle of the drum roll i thought that they're gonna see the episode title and then they're gonna click on it and they're already gonna know they're already gonna know yeah the thing is though we haven't they're not the gonna, episode they're, title they're, yet we haven't and 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 they're not gonna know how contentious this is gonna be <laughs> you know so, so the first thing no let's just okay. get this out of the way here yeah there will be spoilers. There's absolutely oh, yeah, sure. going to be let's, spoilers. Let's We're gonna, there's going to be spoilers for all of the Star Wars films. Yep. And pretty much. And, and The Mandalorian. And The Mandalorian. Yeah. So for those of you that have not been updated. Including the latest Rise of Skywalker. Of course. So yeah. Yeah. Including the most recent film that just came out. So if you have not oh boy. been updated, we're not going to be mad if you don't want to listen further. However, the moment that you do watch the new films, if you're a Star Wars fan, or if you don't care about spoilers, then continue on with us because we're about to get into a bumpy ride. Yeah, right now. So Ray <laughs> is a Palpatine, and I. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is just the most bogus fan service. See, that's uh, interesting because but... <laughs> I, have, I have some pushback on that. Okay. So, like, I don't know if you want to if you want to start there. What, I'll tell you know. what. Before before we get into Rise of Skywalker, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, you know for just our intro segment, and we can get into uh, uh, the bulk of star wars ethos you know later on in the episode so the mandalorian just wrapped up yes it did and i just want to say i think it is probably the best piece of star wars content we've had since probably rogue one 
I feel like that this is the direction that Lucasfilm and Disney should take Star Wars in. Mainly because, so here's the thing. After, let me just say, after Rise of Skywalker, after I got out of the theater, I was like, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> because whether or not you like or or hate the new films, it's been sort of a bumpy ride. And especially since after the prequels came out back in the you know 90s and early 2000s, those dro- drove up a lot of controversy you know yep. about where George Lucas wanted to take this. But with these new films, it's kind of like okay, Disney. You know, like this is this is what we're doing, and so with the Mandalorian, it was this really refreshing take on the series. It's like it doesn't have to really do. I mean, it, it does have to do with like the main canon, but it's it's more focused on just like here's just an interesting story in the Star Wars universe. Well, think about this. This is the one thing that I'm gonna kind of play off on this, where sure. I think Star Wars does a really good job at is you can tell that on, on the main trilogies and even one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, eight, nine. There's a lot of inconsistencies, even even with sure. even though that we yeah. have the nostalgia of the of four, five, and six, and that that is what started this whole entire like fandom, this whole universe. The, if you really go back and look at it, and you're being like, you know, if you're looking at it through criticism, there are some things that don't line up or don't make sense, even in the in, in the, even in the golden trilogy, um, which I'm going to refer to the golden trilogy as four, five, and six. Okay, um, and so. The thing with the Golden Trilogy and, and, the, and the prequels and then the new ones, there's so much inconsistencies because of how you have to do stuff. But then fans go, hey, I noticed this, 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 and this. And so where, where Star Wars really excels is creating additional content to explain uh-huh. like these inconsistencies. Right. And more particular, I'm talking about the animated series, The Clone Wars. Sure. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Star Wars, uh, their newest animated series, or the which is well, um, Star Wars Rebels. Rebels. Right? Yeah. So you have, and so you have, they have Rebels. another one as well. They might. They're working on, it. but Rebels yeah. and Clone Wars did very, very well with the establishing narrative. Rogue One also, mm-hmm. again, that's that's establishing like context of or explaining more stuff. For yeah. example, like everybody's like, how did they know about the, you know, how did they they just Where got the information, the information that yeah. like there's a this, this, so this explains how they got yeah. that. So I think the Mandalorian. Is there, it's following that kind of example where it's, it's thrown in, like into an in-between, you know, kind of yeah. part, and, yeah. it, and it's and kind of it's explaining bits and pieces of lore that we didn't know before. Right. I mean, it's you know because it's taking on like the empire has fallen, you know, like air quotes here. Yeah, but there's obviously still still remnants of the of the empire and stormtroopers and imperial officers and everything. And so, that setting alone is brilliant. You know, yeah. Put it into a, a a a world where everything is kind of like in transition, and how mm-hmm. do you navigate like you know, because the, the the galaxy is in a sense in chaos. I mean, it's it's right. it's out of one ruler, but it's still like it still bleeds. There's still parts of that that are still trying to be fessed out while the new thing comes into play. And where does everybody else stand in that equation? Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, the character in in the Mandalorian, uh, the woman character. I'm sorry, I, I don't remember her name, but she ends up. It's being revealed that she was from Alderaan. You know, which is I think really great. You know, she used to be this you know badass stormtrooper. And I can imagine that she probably defected sometime after her homeworld was blown up. And I just think that, you know, that's little great fucking information to know if you know the history of what's going on. And I, I just think that the Mandalorian. Is it Cara is so, yeah, yeah. Kara. Yeah, Kara. Yeah, played by Gina um, Carano, the the undefeated she's UFC just, fighter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she yeah, should yeah. be in the UFC. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Which which her article talking about you know how great it was to. You know, she 
she basically she wrote a little little thing talking about how she always doubted herself and her ability to be an actor and didn't think that she had what it took. Really, and especially she was always like very hidden and reserved. And she said doing she Star hasn't Wars, had very many roles. No, so far she has, but she said doing Star Wars or doing this with Mandalorian was was. It, she said it was just a very great experience to her to open her up to to being comfortable yeah. with herself. And I and thought she, that was great. Yeah, and she was and great in it. And she was great, yeah. and, and you know, John Favreau is just a fucking legend. I mean, like look at the, the things he touches. Like, oh, I'm gonna do a Christmas movie. Okay, Elf exists. Now it's like considered a cult classic in Christmas movies, right, a yeah. modern cult classic. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, oh, let's don't forget that John Favreau launched the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, with, with Iron, Iron Man. Man. He was the and one Iron Man too, right? He also yeah, directed that. Yeah, one, he but, was the one that started yeah, Iron Man the was whole fucking huge. Yeah, he was the one that started the whole like universe. And now he wanted to get his hands on Star Wars and mm-hmm. look at what he's doing. That man's just got a fingers of gold. Yeah, and and I think too the biggest thing. Now, granted, I you know. I didn't like his Jungle Book movie, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> well, uh, look, nobody's perfect, Ian. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's didn't perfect. He also, who directed the, Lion, the new Lion King? Did he also direct that? I, I don't know. Remember. I'm not sure. That was also terrible. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I think is what he is. He respects the trilogy and the, the original trilogy so much and, and what Star Wars means to the fans that he's like, how can I craft something? And, you know, because he, what he could have done, you know, there was supposed to be a Boba Fett movie, you know, that was in the works uh, over at Lucasfilm. But af- after uh, the sort of box office failure of uh, the Solo movie that they made, Han Solo movie that they made, they canceled a bunch of other projects because of like, okay, we need to sort of rethink our strategy. And so I think it was interesting with the Mandalorian. They could have easily like, hey, let's make a show about Boba Fett, right? Well, which but which is kind of silly to me because you have to think about it. You have to. They chose <clears throat> Han Solo, who Harrison Ford has, like, you just. It's hard for any Star Wars fan to picture anybody in that role besides yeah. Harrison Ford. And that was a, you know, that's a difficult call. And when we have when you have a character who never reveals his mask, who it's kind of open ended to create yeah, a story. Sure. I I just think that like you cannot judge a failure. Yes, maybe a solo movie didn't fail, but like you're you're doing a character that we all know and love that's really it's gonna be really hard to convince fans well, to be yeah. to believe anybody. I also besides. think too, I mean, with, with the solo movie is that like I mean they it went through like two different directors before they, you know, settled with Ron Howard. Uh, and apparently, like, the studio itself, Lucasfilm, was so unhappy with uh, the – I can't remember the guy's name who played Han Solo. They were so happy with his – unhappy with his performance. Yes. Um, and they did a bunch of reshoots and, until they finally sort of nailed it, quote-unquote. Um, and I think that it was just, like, sort of destined to fail. Um, yeah. But again, I but I also think there's a lot of, you know, specific uh, creative choices, like going with uh, Alden Ehrenreich, I think that's his name, going with that at that actor – when you know who's relatively unknown well, not you could have picked though, but somebody you, but also too you, you put him in a love story right it's it's essentially like there's, there's yeah. an element of, yeah, a, sort of, of a, it's rom- like a love story adventure thing. right i mean there, well there's a romantic element that yeah. plays in there and for us it's just like we don't want to see that like it's 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 han and leia don't fuck with that i know right and i know yeah. it's not even i know it's like it's like way before way that before but at the same that, time however, it's like we know this is never going to work out. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like we already are know we that. interested in yeah. this person when we know that like his true love has, is destined to be meet much later on. Cause we right. know when that happens. Yeah, for sure. But you know, and they, you know, I guess it has to build a certain, cause you can kind of link that back to, you know, Superman and, and Lana Lang, uh, basically it's his high school sweetheart so it's like you know he's going to end up with Lois so why do we deal with Lana but right. it's important for character development yeah. however when you don't have enough time in a film to flesh that out it just looks just disingenuous no it really does it just, yeah. it's hard to be especially especially when they're I mean in, in this in the solo movie they were trying to set up you know the whole like they were trying to set up like an MCU style like 
separate anthology universe going on. Like, you know, the, at the end of the fucking movie, they're just like, here's Darth Maul. And you're like, okay, like, what are you guys trying to do? It's like, don't worry, we're going to make a sequel, but probably not now because we fucked it yeah, up. Yeah, but I mean, they also kind of like, they, I think in Star Wars, again, the Clone Wars, the animated series, they explain what happens. No, and, and, yeah, and, and so, no, like, I know. certain aspects, but you're right. Like for those of us that are not, kind of as involved with that it, it's it's really confusing but you know to kind of bounce back to the mandalorian here, yeah yeah please um i think for me <laughs> what i see the mandalorian be and i'm not the first person to credit uh this idea i kind of i'm piggybacking on a day that i just saw online I, I can't really you know it's a while ago it's just i just thought oh that's interesting but the more that i watch it the more i see it. he says that the mandalorian plays uh it, it's like a video game the structure of the show is like a video game where sure. yeah. he's got like he's got a protection <clears throat> mission where he's got to carry up. You see him like you know he's got a sniping mission. There's a mission where he's like jumping on. He gets armor upgrades. Like you have to <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you yeah. have to you do missions to gain coin to go and upgrade your armor. You talk yeah. to your like guide to get your quests, and it's like you go. So they're saying that like if you really look at how the Mandalorian played out for season one, it plays out as if you were the playing him. Like you're the Mandalorian. You're the yeah. Mandalorian playing yeah. through the game. Yeah. And, it, and like a lot of it's like game cutscenes where it's like it, it, they basically he was saying that there's a connection to gaming culture and Star Wars gaming culture in particular that links with the Mandalorian mm -hmm. that like you can really follow the story because he said that the Mandalorian, if you were to convert it, it would be a beautifully well done game as well. If yeah, you took the exact. It really would. Right, because really he's like, would. look at the scene where like <laughs> I would you play know, the shit out of that. Yeah, where he's got his vapor gun and like you know, look at that where it's like okay. What does gaming do? They put like epic people in really ridiculous situations. Right. You know, like you know, again, spoiler alert here, but when they're trapped in like the bunker and you have like that guy that's like out there and there's like fucking tons of dudes. Yeah. And then yeah. an explosion happens and everybody's got to shoot their way out. You know, yeah. it's just like unrealistically, but they survived. Like that's totally a video game trope. Yeah. Um, you know, or like here, now you get your jetpack. Oh, here's his <laughs> armor upgrade. You know, and they hint to that. He's like, I got to get me one of those. You know, and just yeah. his ship, and then the baby Yoda adds a little like you know, and then you, you know, it's have... funny. Can I say something too sure, about sure. his ship? I actually like with the first episode. I was like, mm, I don't know if I like that, you know, because I was so used to seeing like the Slave One with Boba Fett and everything. But after time, you know, seeing the sort of work that he had to go on. I mean, there was that whole episode. I don't remember the the name of the planet. They rarely named the actual right, planet. Right, right. But you know, all those. Uh, uh, Jawas like totally deconstructed it and like he had to work like he had to go do something for Another them quest. to get all the yeah exactly like I'm saying look but well, the beast quest like, yeah so he gets a quest for the Jawas <laughs> to go de de defeat the monster yeah what to is, grab the prize what the was egg. that like the mud horn that yeah had to the go mud kill? horn so but like, it was really cool because he had to get he had to like you know repair a ship and so you you sort of you're like oh man like shit dude I don't want him to lose his ship and like after a while I was like oh fuck dude like I love his ship I think it was a really cool yeah design. that's like this is a really really off topic sidebar here but I, <laughs> I you know the Amazon Prime of a show called The Expanse and season four uh -huh. just dropped and it's a fantastic show and then like there's a ship people love that and I, a, I haven't watched it it's but. a fantastic show it yeah. really is really good but there the ship there is is they call her the Rosie and then uh, she's got a longer name it's like the Rosanata. Uh, the Rosanata is what the ship name is. And it's weird. Like, you don't care when they first get it. But then, like, by season four, you're like, oh, look how great it is. Like, yeah. you just, like, build an attract. Even yeah. to the point where I was, like, looking up, like, possibly getting a model, like, of the ship. <laughs> That's funny, You know what yeah. I mean? It's weird how we attach ourselves to these ships. Like, the Millennium right. Falcon, you know, just the, these iconic, beautiful ships. Yeah. Like, even when I look at the Rumba, I'm just, like, that we have. I'm like, that's <laughs> shaped like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great to actually get a Millennium Falcon right. shaped Roomba. So, but. so um, this is one thing I, I want to cover uh, while we're talking about the Mandalorian. So, yeah. you know, Ian, funny enough, he admitted that he didn't plan on talking about this article. So it's, I'm just, you know, Ian can chime in because Ian does know a lot about stoicism. 
So uh, he, Ian sent me an article talking about the Mandalorian and, and stoicism. Uh-huh. And, you know, he was... I know nothing of stoicism. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess I was trying to make you seem nice. By, I mean, you, you no, that's not covered true, a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ian's an uh, idiot. So here we go. So... Uh-huh. Um, basically, this this if you want to explain the article a bit, or I mean, if you want to find it, if you remember, because you always ask me who wrote it, what day it was, oh, wrote, what he was I... eating when he wrote it, <laughs> what day of the week it was. Am I is, that meticulous? What is what his astrological uh... sign was? <laughs> what what was the face of the moon when he wrote the article? Yeah, no, that's um, usually, you know <laughs> that's usually what you have me asking. Waning crescent. Uh, no, I mean I I don't know I don't really know anything about the about the article. It was just it was on Medium. Okay. Uh, which is a really you know popular publication right now, um, and it's just Mandalorian and Stoicism, and I think okay, I'll I'll just go over it in a nutshell. No, right? yeah, why don't you go ahead? And, <clears throat> yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that? And then you can just chime in when you have fantastic, to chime in. yeah, because um, that's what you like to do. So it is. He basically breaks down the the canons of honor, which is the system um, th- that's four basic slogans of the of the code of the Mandalorian. So I guess the one thing to preface for all of us that already know this, and and if you don't, well then you've been living under a rock, or you've decided <laughs> to continue on knowing that you're going to get some spoilers. But the Mandalorian, you find out that it's it's not necessarily a race, but it's a credence, it's a code, um, right? Yeah. And that's more important. You know, yes, of course, there was a planet. You know called Mandalore and there were Mandalorians that were part of Mandalore but these this yeah but Mandalore itself was this sort of world for like lost peoples that were just again it's about this sort of warrior class of people that just came together yes exactly it's more of a credence or a code so they they have four main kind of um, you know they have strength as life for the strong have the right to rule honor is life for with no honor one may as well be dead loyalty is life for without one's clan, one has no purpose. And death is life. One should die as they have lived. Mm-hmm. And so all I'm going to do is kind of basically he takes a look at those and he kind of translates those, you know, four main pillars of their code into something that like you might understand from more of a stoic perspective. Sure. Um, so he says that with strength is life. That means more in stoicism. It's more of your strength of character. Right. You know, it's this idea it's the of ethos. Of, yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. You're right. And it's the idea of <clears throat> like, we talk about like self mastery, where it's like my goal is to, is to kind of like me. It's it's your idea of virtues or your your idea of your character is what's most important. And I really like the idea of stoicism. Of it's not life is no more important as how you choose to live it. Like the choices you make to live life is is probably even more important than having life itself. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, and one of the things that I really, uh, you know, agreed with, he said, kindness requires more strength than aggression. You know, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. that idea of self mastery. He moves on with honor is life, and he says, um, you know, life, honor is traditionally another name for virtue. I guess back in the day, and Socrates is an important uh, is important thing. Not Socrates says that it's an important thing not to live, but to live well. He says, life is neither good nor bad, but ultimately indifferent, as Stoics believe. Life is merely an opportunity, which you can either um, you can either choose to live well or badly, wisely or foolishly, for good or for evil. Strength of character and honor ultimately are two different aspects of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as uh, <clears throat> ancient Greek, you know, Socratic tradition goes, I mean, virtue, I mean, not necessarily with uh, Socrates, but with Aristotle, yeah. I mean, you know, virtue was how you you know arrived at 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 have have at having a good character you know and and as far as like reaching the goal of of happiness or or um sort of the kind of flourishing in life i mean having strong virtues is really important i mean there are a few different virtues like 
you know, friendship and, and honor and, and other things that, that come in there as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, this is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So continue, moving on. Yeah. So he, he moves into life as loyalty. So he said loyalty translating to justice, which encompasses all social virtues. You know, it's probably the most different he says, because loyalty is a very difficult word to kind of break down because it has, you know, essentially a few other meanings <clears throat> to it. Right. But he's saying from a stoic point of view, Stoics view humanity as like citizens of the universe, you know, basically saying that we are all, you know, the betterment of mankind or all self-resilience is, is what's most important. So he says, like, you know, for the idea of sacrificing the oh, bless you. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, shut the hell up. I'm trying to speak. <laughs> um, Sorry, I was trying to interrupt. you. Uh, no, you're fine. So, so uh, sacrificing the interests of humanity in general, merely <clears throat> for the benefit of your own family to be fictitious, unjust or unethical. You can't just screw over everybody else out of loyalty to your own clan or nation and pass it off as honor. Mm -hmm. And and I, I'm very sympathetic to that, because even like bringing real world examples, like when you hear things like, you know, Purdue Pharma lying about the. You know how addictive oxycontin is or if you think about the climate change of like oil it's like oh fuck if oil is being linked to that there's a lot of money being made in that it's, it would be really hard you know it's like how do i you know factor in i, I guess like i'm just sympathetic to i see examples of people twisting their 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 perception because of the fact that if they choose to do what's better for humanity it would detrimentally ruin what they have uh, sure. You know, and sure. I and I can see where that's a hard place to be, and I'm sympathetic to be like, oh shit! Like if we find out, you know, if you find out that this certain product that somebody made bid on started giving people cancer, like that's bad for humanity. So you got to shut that down. But if you've made your living on that product, you are now about to lose your entire livelihood. It's like cigarettes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a very yeah. good example. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like it's cigarettes is is. But well, and I mean to to link this, you know, I know we've in, got one well, more. No, you're fine. No, but um, I just meant more of like good example of, of what they're saying is a negative attribute of, of promoting a product. Sure. Continually, yeah, even though yeah. we know the harms for but, it. But I mean, I know we, you know, we'll, you'll go into the sort of the last one is death uh, is life. But uh, I mean, to link this back, you know, more clearly with the Mandalorian, uh, you know, Mando, he ends up saving and keeping, you know, the little baby Yoda uh, character because like being a bounty hunter and sort of like doing the task, you know, whatever it is, like, Hey, I'm getting paid for it. Like that directly conflicted with his actual principles and values that he held, you know, and saw it as like dishonorable to like give over like this sort of pseudo harmless creature, right. Um, over to you know, some malicious, uh, you know, pseudo fascistic, uh, government body, you know, it's just like, no, I can't do that. Like it, that would be, that would be wrong to sacrifice like yeah. this creature just for a buck. You know, yep, yep. yeah. So anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah, bounty hunting is an interesting profession. <laughs> that guy is like, I just his voice. Werner Herzog like, is great. Yeah, yeah. it's like I just love how like he just has like a a beautiful, like creepy bad guy tone to sure. Yeah, like, what a um, cadence or melody. I yeah. guess like it was like, German. So yeah, like a vocal, <laughs> oh, I guess that's right. Yeah. It's like more of like I demand to see the baby. You know, like he just has there that. There is the baby. Yeah, he yeah. just has that. We are going to make a deal, and you're going to like it. Yeah. You know, it's like he just got that creepiness. So the last one is death is life. Now, in Stoicism, this kind of translates to courage and fortitude. Um, and it's uh -huh. the this, this sense of overcoming the fear of death to meet it calmly and rationally. And we kind of talked about this off mic about how Stoics, like, they, you know, th they think anger is, a, is an awful um it's it's an awful emotion. It's like a useless emotion. Yeah, there's no purpose yeah. for it. You know, you have the two schools of thought where it's like something you can channel your anger and and you know, and I think there's other universes where 
outside. So Star Wars, it, it's very well done that that anger is is obviously a, a faction of the dark side. You know, so you can have right. a, a link there yeah. where it's like I guess the Stoics yeah. and the Jedi's agree on that notion. Yeah. And um, but you can also have that. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. Fear is the Isn't path it? to the dark side. Yeah. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. It's Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. 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 So, and that which we'll get to that quote again because I'm going to bring that quote up when I when we start talking about the divide of fans. Oh, sure. A lot yeah. of people are not living the Jedi way, and it makes me mad. Um, <laughs> it makes you feel any better, Josh. I've always been sympathetic to the Sith. But, okay, I bet you. Okay. I, I, that makes tons of sense. You fucking weirdo. Okay. <laughs> But so I guess what I kind of think about that is is more of like this this idea of you know if you stay calm and focused and and using don't if you fear death you I okay how do I put this into to right words my brains if you if you fear death it leads to to, to doing irrational things it leads to you staying unfocused and and not you know again self mastery it goes back to the whole thing of being calm and collective and rational is the best way to make a choice. So I just think that like you have to learn to accept it. As far as the Stoics go. As far as the Stoics yeah. go. Learning to accept death, you know, can make you live a more rational and, and Right, because part of Stoicism, life. right, is is not not having a strong emotional reaction either way on matters that are outside of your control. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Right. Or just, yeah. you know, rationalizing or, or you know, even if you do have a innate response, you can you can understand that it doesn't affect you in yeah. a certain way, shape, or form, or if you let it affect you <clears throat> It's, it's pointless. There's no there's no reason to. Right. Yeah. Um, and and that's you know it takes rationality to get you to realize that there's no reason to. It's like you know two birds and two birds yeah, in a one so in a bush. <laughs> two, <laughs> two birds in a bush. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. how that phrase that's it, goes. Yeah. I, yes, I've heard it before. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So well, I that's, know that's all I have for that. Though, yeah. So. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll 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 take a break here in in, in a minute and move on to our main segment. But yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, as far as you know, just the Mandalorian goes, I do think that. What what John Favreau did and what Lucasfilm were able to do was something was capture something special, you know, that was, you know, like watching it, actually, um, you know, and like my my stepbrother uh, feels the same way about this. We were watching, you know, episode four, like over Thanksgiving break, you know, and uh, it's like, dude, this is exactly like a Western as well. And there are a lot of elements where, uh, you know, this sort of outsider, you know, Clint Eastwood type character like you know is some out of towner and he comes into some area and like you know there's some asshole you know fucking with the townsfolk you know exactly and so it's just like i gotta go in and i've got to be like not a moral center but well yeah they're not because what's cool about that western they're like an anti-hero but yeah because most of the time they come in not looking for trouble and then they're annoyed that they found it and then eventually they're like all right i gotta do something i gotta do something like it's nags at them but initially you're right that's that's very that's a good that's good parallel there yeah another thing too i wanted to bring up about the mandalorian before we moved on from it and and made into our main like kind of focus about the star wars franchise and whole is you know i saw this article that said like the the brilliance of bringing back puppeteering and in an age of cgi oh sure and they were talking about you know yes we're all obsessed with baby yoda for several reasons but like they legitimately think that John Favreau's choice to make him a puppet as instead of CGI him yeah. shows us that like, and then of course you have dark crystal. Mm-hmm. They reference a little bit, which yeah. is the, you know, that the revival uh, the, that Netflix did that was very popular. And, and yeah. just this idea that like, there still is room for puppetry work in, right. the, in the age of digital. Yeah. CGI. And you know, it's great too. Is like, they almost used a, a CGI version yep, of that's Baby Yoda. Yep, yeah. Yep. And, and Werner Herzog actually said that to the crew that like, it would be, I think something along the lines of it would be cowardice. 
yeah. uh, to um, to stick with CGI, and instead you should use a puppet. And it was just like, thank you, Werner Herzog. Yep. And then uh, John Favreau was on board. He's, he's like, like that oh makes yeah, sense. absolutely. He's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That makes sense. But, yeah. So so I thought that um, was great because you know I'm a theater arts kid. So that's where that's where puppets <laughs> go to live. Avenue Q, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Great sure musical. Two listeners uh, will really appreciate that shout out. Yeah, that, no, I because I had a couple friends uh, that now do um, that now uh, actually they're professional puppeteers. They they do shows. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, so they go around and I think Christy was one, was one of the one of the names of the girl I met in New York for a program. So go you. There's still puppeteers out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? Uh, fuck it. What's his face? Uh, the guy who. Uh, did the puppeteering for uh, Big Bird uh, for like many years? Just died. Um, oh a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that. It was yeah. just like darn, you know. Mm-hmm. Like obviously Big Bird is still going to be around, but you know they're going to have somebody else do it. I'm sure. Um, yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, okay. Well, that was a great end of the story. So, so yeah, why don't why don't we take yeah, a break? Let's we'll take be a back. quick break well, when we get back, and and we'll kind of dive we'll into, into we'll dive into this and, thing, uh, the divided fandom and what we're going to go from. Yeah, here. I think uh, you and I will be perfect examples of it. Yes, yes, we will. So we're going to get <laughs> yeah. into some nice, uh, probably good debates here. So all right, guys, we'll be right back, and may the force be with you. Yep, and with you. <laughs> this is the way. Hey everyone, Josh and Ian here, and if you're hearing this, whether you're a first-time listener or you're a seasoned bullshitter, we want to thank you for listening, and honestly, we could not do this without you. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to take a minute to explain to you guys the goal of the podcast and share some ways that you might be able to support us. Now, we want to promote self-education, intellectual skepticism, and deep conversations. Very deep. Very, very deep. Because we have found that within our current culture, it's been increasingly more difficult to talk to one another. I mean, I, sh- I have to talk to Ian the whole time. Yeah, and I have to listen to him. So if you're enjoying our content and our podcast goals do resonate with you, we are working to expand. So there are a few ways to help us grow. Yes, you can follow us on social media over at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NecessaryBSPod. Or you can visit our website and subscribe at www.NecessaryBSPodcast.com. And hey, and if you're already at our website, you might as well hop over to the support page. And you can either give a one-time donation via PayPal, or you can just subscribe to our Patreon, which is brand new. And we have different tiers, which includes perks and benefits for those wonderful enough to want to give us your money. As much money as you possibly can. Please. All of it. But you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we're on all other major podcast platforms. Lastly, you can reach out to Ian and I personally at NecessaryBSPodcast at gmail.com. Now, can we get enough of this talking and get back to us talking? Yeah. Let's get back to the bullshit. Hey, guys. Welcome back from the Braille. Yeah. Is that was that supposed to be break? Bra- I don't know. Bra- Braalk. Braalk. Yeah. Braalky. Um, I'm just like to put a little twang on some words sometimes. That's you know? racist. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna talk about Star Wars. A little Shania Twain. Shania Twain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I feel like a woman. Uh, yeah. So. Um. Okay. So let's get back on topic here. So we in our first segment we just wanted to talk about the Mandalorian. We wanted to just make this a through Star Wars thing. And now, what I think we really want to kind of dive into is I told Ian it's like how terrible the Last Jedi is. <laughs> you want to start there? You want to? You want to start? No, we don't have to start there. But uh, if you if you have an opening uh, I, statement, uh, I'd be more than willing to hear it. You want to do my opening statement? <laughs> yeah. So the the thing is, is I I am it's I a perfect told Ian example that, of the problem. Anyway. I told Ian that I, w- I would really be interested to talk about Star Wars, basically because of the of the cultural divide in the fandom. Yeah. 
um, yeah. between you know kind of more of casual Star Wars fans and more of diehard Star Wars fans and and I brought you know a few a couple articles um, with some quotes about kind of explaining so this one's sympathetic to the rise of the Skywalker sure. um, and and explaining that the, the the actually if you boil down all the the nuances and all the 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 hate it actually does follow a lot of classic Star Wars models or molds that, that made the four, five, and six, the golden trilogy, as I'm going to refer to it, um, as, you know, more more through line than, than people are assuming. Sure. But, you know, I guess what I, what I really want to start maybe is let's kind of break down what do you think, you know, maybe our main critiques of, of like, comparing four, five, six, and one, two, and three. Uh-huh. Um, and then we can talk about what's going on with, with the new trilogy the new trilogy via okay. yeah. v mainly just what what happened with the last jedi and what happened with the rise of skywalker yeah you know because they both that's been the pretty contentious yeah, yes. yeah so <clears throat> first of all i mean i think the original trilogy well okay let's just say this george lucas when he was making when he was first creating star wars originally wanted to do one two and three first yes right but but he just you know the technology wasn't there he's like you know what this it was a different age and a different era, so I'm going to start with the with episodes four, five, and six. Now I think you could one could argue that that was more of just like a save face after A New Hope, you know, because like it had so much, excuse me, uh, rich detail in its history and lore that it's like, wait, what are where are all these references that you're that you're saying? You know, like they even bring up the Clone Wars uh, yeah. in in A New Hope, um, you know, and you know it's funny actually too. It wasn't even until after the first star Wars when plans for releasing the empire strike back was its name actually given the name of the episode was a new hope. Originally it was just star Wars. Yeah. Um, you know, but they bring up these references and it's just like, okay, well, where's it, you know, where this coming from? He's like, don't worry. I've got these other movies that I originally wanted to make, but I can't do them yet. And so I think, you know, with the sort of the, the cultural impact that star Wars had, you know, now, yeah. granted, I, I think that the that the return of the Jedi was probably a little bit more contentious than the, the original two, especially because the whole scene on on the forest mood of Endor, you know, and the Ewoks, people were like, OK, this is a kid's movie. What's going on? You know, even though they were originally meant for kids. But, you know, you have that, you know, I mean, gosh, like when did Return yeah, of the Jedi they were, come they out? Were, like, you know, they, the were, late, they were they were meant for kids. And yeah. it was it was it was more of like, you know, it was meant for a younger generation. And, and you can you can see that in, in the toy sales, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. You know, the, the amount of toys that, that 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 had stemmed from that whole thing was just just, you know insane because you're oh, yeah. creating things that like I mean, the merchandising like the lightsaber was one of the coolest things to ever oh yeah dude and that's so for me i guess the what i was kind of getting at is, is is you know four five and six launched the entire universe and i think yeah. there's fun stuff to learn like most diehard fans know that it was going to be called revenge of the jedi and then they sure. were like well revenge is not that that's doesn't make oh, you're right right and there was only a few posters printed uh -huh. and like my best friend roommate his uh he's got a guy that lives in his uh and his parents live in this in this neighborhood and there's a guy that lives in the neighborhood that builds sets for the original star wars films oh cool and he has um one of the original printed revenge of the jedi posters oh, before cool. yeah there's before only a few of them yeah. made before they were like that's stupid we have to change that because yeah. that's a that's a sith quality of like yeah you right you right yeah. should be return of the jedi yeah. because uh, yeah i mean eventually episode three was titled revenge of the revenge of the sith mm -hmm. right so uh, but I think what's important here, what is sort of at the crux 
uh, of this issue is that, you know, 30 years later when, when he eventually, I guess it wasn't 30 years later. It was more of like 15, 20 years in between, well, the, like from Return of the Jedi my, to my, my, episode my one. thought real quick. Sure. And so with four, five, and six, the nostalgia and, and the, the, the first introduction to the world, you, ha you have like almost a, a, a cushion, you know, I don't judge it as strongly because it's my first time in the, in this universe. Oh, know? sure. I just don't know it. Right. You know, but then when you spend so much time with four, five, and six, of course, one, two, and three is going to be a little more difficult because now we, you know, have searched and try to get all we can. Uh -huh. But for me, the reason why I didn't like, in a nutshell, what I didn't like about one, two, and three is it was just a lot of like adult political narrative. So here's the thing. That's what I liked about those movies. <laughs> but okay. So what okay, I, okay. Yeah, so what I wanted to get at here is like, this is the, this is the crux of the issue. So, you know, in between, uh, Return of the Jedi, which was like 83, 84, right? And and then uh, episode one, uh, The Phantom Menace, uh, was 1999. Mm -hmm. That time span, you know, I, well, I guess like from, from 1977 when the first Star Wars, you know, came out and like there were kids, you know, that were like eight or nine or ten who were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This like this is all my life. And then when episode one comes out, you know. George Lucas is like, yeah, you know, these movies are for kids. However, the original fan base, like, they're adults now. You know, they, or they were adults when, when episode one, you know, came out. And so I don't think he was expecting the sort of pushback that he got. I mean, because you can look at, go back and watch, like, old videos, like, after the premiere of, of episode one, and fans are coming out, and they're like, oh, my God, like, I can't, like, they were but, so no, fucking disappointed. Yeah, but the problem is, but, though, is that there was no balance. So th this, my opinion is this. Like, you know, Phantom Menace was like so much, you know, exposition that people were like, oh, and then they had the, then they tried to like, and in and, and Clone Wars, like they tried to make it about both, but it wasn't really executed well, didn't make a lot of sense. And then, and, and then people were still kind of not because like, well, yeah, it. and in Attack of Clones are like, let's make this about the death. And Star. then Revenge of the Sith was just a hodgepodge of crazy ass fucking lightsaber battles. You know what I mean? It was just like. Like it was just yeah. like I feel like it was just a lot, you know. They went they went from like oh okay, people are complaining so much suspicion to like we're gonna do like flips and, and, and like the battles were so intense. Like, is that I mean, to be fair, I mean like you know like with uh, you know the battle between Obi Wan Kenobi and and no, I like Jin and Darth Maul, you know, in, in Episode One. I mean that was quite the like climactic choreographed. Yeah, but know, it wasn't battle. nowhere near how extravagant like the Obi Wan and Anakin fight was. That was so good though. That was so good, right? What, I mean like well, I mean like it's 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 good, but like you can tell that it's it's a lot of it's not I think it was saving face? I think it was saving face. I think it wasn't to me it didn't seem like necessarily planned. I just think that like I think Star Wars fans have always been kind of picky. I think everybody has a hard time you know, they, they did. I can imagine, I'm assuming that creators of these contents really struggle with balancing, you know, like sure fan service, but also trying to tell a proper narrative. And then right. when they try to course correct, may not always be right or may not always be wrong. And now we're going to get to a huge course correction, like the debate. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we get to with the, the newest trilogy, films. Yeah. But it's still like, you can still, for me, I can still see hints of that even in one, two, and three. Well, and you know, what's, what's interesting too, uh, you know, about that is that, you know, the original trilogy or the golden, as you for some reason want to call it, it w is about that hero's journey, right? Like classic hero's journey that we know and love. You know, it's about Luke Skywalker, you know, like confronting like his naivety and be like, okay, I got to break out of the little tiny world I, uh, I'm in and like realize that the world is much bigger and then Empire Strikes Back, okay, I have to deal with this these family matters and then eventually in Return of the Jedi, he's like, okay, I actually have to deal with this big problem and like become the Jedi that I'm supposed to be. In the prequels, 
that's not really there. It is just that sort of political world building, which is interesting in its own right, but that's not what people were really interested in. In you know because that stuff is there in the original trilogy, right? You know, like especially in 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 a New Hope, like when you're seeing these Imperial officers talk to each other about like regional governors and and just the Empire in general, like okay, what's really you know what's going on? Like it's sort of obscure. Uh, but then in the prequel trilogy, that is in the forefront here. Whereas like the sort of like oh yeah, like there's supposed to be this chosen one in the Jedi to bring balance to the Force and, and all this crap. And, and like here's midi chlorians for some reason. I was gonna you just know? about to bring that up, like because midi chlorians is I think I, okay, look, really they, contentious. <laughs> well, a lot of people hated it. And here, here's my kind of after thinking about that, here's what I think that they were trying to do. They were trying to like kind of make a science to the Force. I think. Yeah. You know, they were trying sure. to find like the, this 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 way to to maybe value or, or equate or, or or interpret you know the levels of force user and it kind of reminds me of like power level and dbz and dragon ball z that has power levels over, over 9000 9, yeah you know it's like so power level is like you know this this fact to see how strong you are and so i yeah. think like they're like oh midi chlorians like the people can like get out of that because it's like science where it's like star wars science like, like oh this is how they manipulate yeah the force. and then yeah. they're like okay so then you can look at you know midi chlorian levels and so then it's like so the, depending on the level that means how powerful you are so yeah. it's a like scale now it's a structure yeah but then people are like you know, the force is like a religion and don't, you know what I mean? Force is about like, right. Belief There's and, more magical thinking involved than correct. And, and and fantastical. So think, exactly. You know, yeah. So I think the most, most upsetting thing is to most people, you're right. It's fantastical. It's magical. It's, it's, it's out of our realm of understanding and adding things like midichlorians just kind of like stifles, you know, that sense of just belief, which is really funny because in everyday life, I, I I'm completely the opposite. I think that it's silly to like, not, like or forego science to learn how the uh, world's going yeah. just for belief, but this is you know this is a made up. So so like, did you not like the midichlorian thing? I didn't like it because here's which the is thing. funny because I thought it was I'm like oh this is fine. I didn't like it because look the, we've already known that the force is a thing. The force is what we feel. The force is a, is, a, is a choice to and we're gonna get to this. Yeah. But the force is this this innate feeling that that everything is connected and working and benefiting towards you. And this is something that you have to believe because we know it's, we know it's real. Yeah. Like they've established with Jedi, the powers they have, the force is a thing. Yeah. We know that it's a thing. Yeah. So if you've already established that it's a thing. Also, like if you were a kid and never, and didn't want the force, then you, you weren't, you didn't live. You didn't right. Live. But the point, <laughs> no, but the point is yeah. though, is that that aspect of like, you know, believing in the hero and believing that like, yeah, for me, you know what the force is? The force is optimism in a sense. Like, you know, like not the negative side, but as Jedi, I mean, the light side, the light side of the force is, is, is faith in the good, you know, that's kind of like more that. of what yeah. I mean that, yeah. and to like me, good things will happen. That is, you know, that is a different, faith. that's kind of a different definition or that's to me, that's optimism, like faith in the good. Sure. Yeah. In yeah, a way, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, of course you can define things. Well, and, and then, I mean, context, and then if we want to, you know, see the other side of the coin, there is like. There is power in the force, obviously, and the dark side is sort of like there's power here. Let's fucking use it. It's rather that it rather than the Jedi who are like, oh, you know, the force like it's this really powerful thing, and we should use it for good, you know, and like we should have faith that good that that we can propagate good. Rather, you know, and the Sith again are like, well, this is power, like right. Let's use it. And so the and the thing is for me in my Star Wars journey is I you know I, I obviously like you know. You uh, you tell me I'm the most sympathetic guy. You know, like anytime I play a game, I'm always the good guy, and like I I don't you know sympathize with the dark side of the force at all. 
like I get you know freaking anger. Like maybe that's just stoicism to me, I guess. <laughs> like oh, you have to just using on your anger, trying to channel your inner emotions. But the thing is, is I. But what makes it tricky is there's some aspects of being a Jedi that I don't agree with either. You know this idea of you know for Jedi, example, like Jedi's what? never being allowed to love. Oh yeah. Well, that's like it's religious. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's certain there's even certain aspects of of what it means to be a Jedi that I disagree with. Yeah. Um. That I you know because 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 it's irrational to love. Right. It, you know, that's that's the thing. What's interesting about this. So I, I do it um, all the time and I'm going to do it here. So uh, Nietzsche or <laughs> Josh is like looking at me like, God damn it, and you bastard. Like so much so that I was shaking my head that I, I bumped into the mic with my beer because I was shaking my head so, so aggressively. So Nietzsche, Nietzsche's first uh, published works with uh, was uh, The Birth of Tragedy. And in it, he talks about the Apollonian and the, and the Dionysian. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you're well aware of, of, of sort of what I'm getting at here. Yeah. But the Apollonian, you know, what Apollo represented, the god Apollo in ancient Greece was like, it was the sign of light and reason and truth, whereas Dionysus was like the sort of irrational and, and playing towards the emotions and fun and drinking and all this kind of shit. Which, and, you know, fun fact, a little anecdotal thing about Dionysus. So it was actually the worship of him that led to the creation of wine in a sense. Right, yeah. You, you know the story. Yeah, okay, I do. So yeah. I'll, if, in case anybody doesn't know, <laughs> what they would do to to celebrate Dionysus, they would put all these grapes in these barrels and they'd put them in this cave and they'd let it sit there for a while. And it was it's said to be blessed by Dionysus. And they right. would drink it and be possessed or they would have divine you know, influence. Turns out that they were like, it was it was a rough way of fermenting. Wine. Like they were well, yeah. making like, you know, not wine as we know it today, but. Sort of, it had like psychotropic yeah. properties, yes, right? Yes, yes. And it was a, it was like a sacred ritual when they it did was. it. Like you couldn't do it every day, right? You couldn't yeah. do it every day. But however, they just found out that like after doing some research and looking into that, they were pretty much just like getting hammered. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Like was, really fucked up. They were like, getting really yeah. fucked up. Yeah. You know, like some hallucinatory stuff, getting drunk, and to them that was like that was basically the divine influence of Dionysus for them sure, doing yeah. that. So it's just interesting. You yeah. Know, absolutely. Very, but anyway. But yeah. so in the birth of tragedy, uh, Nietzsche comes to the conclusion that in order to live a, a sort of fulfilling life. Life and a true life, one has to find balance, right? And this is uh, equated again. There's parallels here with Star Wars. Like there is supposed to be balance in the Force, like, and and that's what Anakin is supposed to be, right? He's exactly. Supposed to bring He's balance to be, the Force. Like chosen one, like it's not necessarily for him to be the hero, but it's for him because there should be a balance. Yeah, you know, it should exactly. always. And yeah. when those when those balances are tipped, and the and the really interesting thing about that though, the the, the, the for me the the paradoxical uh, part of of this whole story of balance is like. Both sides are aware that balance needs to be kept. However, both sides continue to try to dominate yeah. the other side, to eradicate right. the other side, to throw so, that balance off. Uh, so I, I'll get into this a little bit more later in the episode, okay. but this is sort of... I just want to bring this up as this is one of my main critiques of The Last Jedi. So in The Last Jedi, you have that scene after uh, after uh, Snoke has been killed by by Kylo Ren. Uh, there They have this fight against the uh, against the... Um, the Praetorian troopers who were guarding, who were guarding uh, 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 Supreme Leader Snoke, and in the end, Ray and Kylo have this fight over um, over Luke's lightsaber, and it gets split in half. And Kylo is like, "Dude, we've got to fucking stop this bullshit. We can't, we can't think about the light side and the dark side anymore. Like, there could literally be balance if we come together, because like Kylo." was trained, you know, in the dark side with Snoke and Ray is obviously a sign of the light side of, of the force. And to me, star was, was always about that, you know, like with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and what George Lucas sort of originally envisioned was there, there does need to be a balance in the force to me in that moment in the last Jedi, that's when we could have had it. 
That's that's when we could have gotten rid of this like side dark side shit because in the end, like as long as there, as long as we differentiate the two, then there's always going to be, there's always going to be trouble in in the galaxy, and yeah. and that was the time when like we could have actually achieved something. We could have made some type of progression in the Star Wars universe. You know, we could have like you know what like we sh- there should be a balance, and and so that was that was like my main gripe, and I think that's why, like that's why the whole like Anakin's. Uh, um, arc over the course of the prequel trilogy is so tragic because like he was so powerful i mean like you know like next to darth sidious like he was the most powerful force user in the galaxy and he could have brought balance but of course palpatine saw that and is like okay let me yeah because you you, you know because you can manipulate or corrupt or whatever because the jedi way is about you know it's it's not succumbing to your fear but it's facing it you know it's it's right yeah. And it's more of making the choice to how you handle that because he could have been. So I don't know. I we, I looked this up the other day, and most I have Star Wars, so I know this. But there is there's actually meaning behind the colors of the lightsabers. Sure. Yeah. So and I, I'm going to go over some of those. Great. Because yeah. I think it's important too. So yeah, then there are um, notes here that we're going to. Uh, no, they're not in my notes. They just they're Great. in my head. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and pe- if people want to contest me. They can contest uh, yeah, me. And if I'm right. wrong, I'm wrong. So um, the blue colored lightsaber. So obviously everybody knows that it's these special crystals that that kyber crystals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they <laughs> they provide the colors. However, but there's certain things that the Force manipulates these kyber crystals. So uh-huh. the blue lightsabers are for the, the Jedi warriors. They're the battlers. They're the ones that go out and they fight. They're trained in more combat esque, yeah. and they actually learn combat force moves. Like Jedi knights, basically. Uh, kind of, not really, because it goes even further. Because um, Jedi knights are, are they have green lightsabers, and uh, the green color represents a sense of wisdom. And uh, okay, and the sense. So because if you look, so what? Yo- di- like differentiates them. Yoda's got a green lightsaber. Right. Qui Gon Jinn's got a green lightsaber. Yeah. So it's more of like. But there are also Jedi masters. No. Well, yes. But what I'm saying is that like the the the, the blue is straight for warriors, and the green is like they know how to fight. But their main purpose is like the wisdom of the force. Yeah. They fight when they have to. Right. And they, of course, they're trained in that aspect. But they're also trained more in, passive. More passive, and yeah. they're more, well, they're more philosophical. Sure. Uh, in the force and yeah. per se. So if you have a green lightsaber, you're more equated to wisdom and knowledge of the force. Purple, purple lightsabers means that you dabble in the dark side. No, I'm dead serious. Yeah. There are. So for example, Mace Windu. That sort of just sounds like a, a fucking retcon though. I mean, to be fair, it does. Like, so because, but, 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 like Mace, Ma- you know, you know, Samuel Mace Jackson Windu, was like, I'm, I'm getting a purple lightsaber. I know that, but light. technically the, how they built it into the lore is Mace Windu has a, actually a banned fighting style. Um, because mm-hmm. it uses elements of the dark, dark side, side and you yeah. have to be so disciplined to not succumb to that influence. Right. That, like, That's so, the reason why he can deflect the force lightning from correct. Palpatine. Yeah. Because it yeah. takes a huge, yeah, because he has like a sensitivity to the dark side. It's a mastery of that, why it's purple. And then you have red. Now the, what's interesting I found out is the reason why all Sith Lords or everybody has red lightsabers is because it's actually not, the color of the the crystal is corrupted by when you influence the dark force through it. So when you channel the dark force through your saber, it automatically corrupts the crystal and makes any color red. Right. Okay. So okay. like even if you had a blue one and you channeled the dark side, your lightsaber would turn red. red. The crystal corrupts to red. That's why every single dark so, side yeah. users yeah. have red. So it turns out that it's actually that that's fascinating. So it doesn't matter what color you start with, using the dark side of the force will make eventually turn it red. Yep. Yeah. And then the the there's two ones that are kind of unwell and new because there's only two people now that use them, or I guess think because you have to look at the the cartoon series. But you have white, right? Which is uh, for most people who don't know it's uh, there's so in the Clone Wars series 
and even in Re and and like well not rebels because it breaks off but anakin gets a gets a um um, he gets to train. He gets a pupil. He gets a what, what am I looking oh, for? Oh, uh, Soka Toa, right? Yeah, Soka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah. Soka's. A, I'm looking for not that. I'm looking for the the term of of Padawan. Jedi. Padawan. Yeah. Yes. So Anakin gets the Padawan of Soka. But when she breaks off, she's neither Jedi nor Sith user, and she creates her own lightsaber, and it's white. Interesting. And because again, but she's not a gray Jedi. She's not a gray Jedi. Yeah. But the reason why her blades are white is because. If red is c completely corrupt, then white is essentially pure. all pure. Yeah. Right. Is the concept there. And then lastly, which we see at the very end of uh, Rise of the Skywalker. Oh, uh, yellow. Is the golden blade. Yeah. Now, apparently the golden blade is the, is the ultimate balance of wisdom and power. And there's only... And apparently the protectors, I can't remember exactly what they're called because I haven't watched through the, Stone, uh, the Clone Wars series, but there's only a group... Like at the ancient Jedi Temple, there's protectors. Yeah, and don't they like protect the original wisdom yes. and texts of yep. the Jedi? Yep. Yeah, and they are gold. Yeah, right. lightsaber blade. That's the only and other somehow Ray begets. <laughs> and somehow Ray begets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring it yeah. down. Well, but those are also like uh, in the in the um, uh, in the the new Star Wars uh, Jedi game. Fuck, what's I can't even remember the whole name of the game. Is it the Fallen uh, or no. fa Jedi Fallen Order? Fallen Order. Yeah, like Fallen Order. Uh, fucking what's his face? The main character can can get a, a yellow golden lightsaber, right? Well, well, the, well, eventually all the colors open up to you. You know, even like right. even like yeah. per, like they, they even have like um like a pinkish one too. Sure, which yeah. I don't. Do they was, have the black one? Because there's black as well. So the black one is actually linked back to the Mandalorian. So right. the black saber was uh, it was I think it was stole or crafted, and it was the only Mandalorian. Um, the only Mandalorian like who used the Force or a Jedi user, and yeah. it's like the most powerful thing. Which the man, you know, the Mandalorian show just brought the yeah. dark laser or the uh, dark, dark saber, saber yeah. into it, and it does look more like a classic blade when it comes out, right? But yeah, I think that's like a harness. So the, of some uh, that, sort of you know, what's really interesting about that, uh, just real quick, is that like, does that mean that that um, Imperial officer uh, has some links back to Mandalore? Maybe. Yeah, it could. Yeah, yeah absolutely, it could. Yeah. Or at least, or or maybe he knows somebody who did how to acquire that. But yes, that right. that 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 dark because saber, he knew who who he knew, he knew who Mando was. Yes, because that that dark saber is very prelevant to the Mandalorian lore yeah. about the the one Mandalorian who who used channeled it, yeah. the Force and, yeah. and used it for for Jedi yeah. purposes or not really Jedi but like but, you know. You know Force purposes. Yeah. yeah for so sure. I, I guess for now, I think we should probably focus on. I really want to talk about you know the the differences between the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Okay, and we can go into okay. because I think where we're going to get into the crowd server disagreement is this article that's sympathetic to, he's sympathetic to the last uh, to the rise of Skywalker by saying that it's not as course correction of the of the last Jedi as most people would assume. Sure. Before uh, okay, before we do that though, I, w I do want to talk about the Force Awakens and the sort of the praise and criticisms that uh, were brought uh, to it. So like with the Force Awakens, you know, like when it, you know, first of all, when it was. Uh, Announced that J.J. Abrams was going to be taking over. I was, uh, I was very, uh, very happy about that. I yeah. was like, okay, great. J.J. Abrams, like, I, I love his work. I've always loved his work, and um, I think he would be. It's, it would, it's in good hands. Now, originally, I think Lucasfilm, they're like, okay, we're just going to have a new director for every, for every new episode, that which we is make, not good. Which I think is not good at all. You, it's if you're going to do a trilogy and you want, you want consistency between all three movies, you should have the same, the same guy director, doing it. Yeah, because so, as we saw, like, and don't get me wrong, like. 
I think Rain Johnson's his name. Ryan Johnson. Ryan yeah. Johnson. So yeah. um, the thing with Ryan Johnson is, is I see what he wanted to do. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense. No. In an established first movie. Exactly. Because it's like what again, this is what's really funny because people are like, Oh, the Rise of Skywalker completely redone like takes away everything that the last Jedi did. But no, it, it doesn't it doesn't really. Well it doesn't no, much, yeah. no, but that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But like realistically speaking, The Last Jedi does kind of pull a lot of what was established in The Force Awakens. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, no, it fans, does. It and does. What, yeah. And that's I think that's initially what fans were pissed about. It's not the fact that Rain was trying to like add life or do something different, which we'll get to. It's more of the fact that like, dude, movie one establishes all these things and you just shot all of that down. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I think the biggest things, you know, are to me are Snoke and Ray's parentage. You know, yeah. is because like, okay, first of all, like Snoke is built up to be this like mysterious character, you know, mysterious in the force. Like, is he part of the dark side? Like, who is he? Where did he come from? It's like, okay, this would be really interesting. I can't wait to see where this yeah, goes. Yeah, the criticism and of Ryan Johnson too was, was like was weird too because the criticism of like, oh, they didn't tell us much about Snoke. It's like, well, if you remember. In, in the golden trilogy we didn't know about any of these guys either like vader just existed like you know well, and that and that's fine that's you know, fine yeah. or like but you know. the the thing is though is like that's the type of atmosphere that jj abrams was producing yes. was this sort of expectation that like don't worry we're setting up this mystery and over the next few movies we're going to be gonna, answering we're going to be answering that yeah. and they fucking didn't and the same thing with ray's parentage it's just like okay like she's you know obviously has the force a little bit we thought for a little bit that maybe uh that maybe finn is going to be a force user which sort of is shown in rise of skywalker well, a little bit the, i think he's the, just sensitive they, with they the force. make him force sensitive yeah. but not necessarily a like force a force user, user. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure yeah. it's like it's like a maz Kanata, right it's like she's sort of sensitive to the force but you know she's not a force user right right um but yeah you know like so there there are expectations set up and so the thing with with having consistent directors so i i also sent you this sort of like long take it was like 30 almost a 30 minute video I watched it about yeah. about rise of skywalker and actually i took notes in my Handy dandy, actually. Handy dandy, handy dandy. My real, but I thought what was great about that guy, even though I, I didn't agree with his assessment of the Last Jedi and and his praise of the Last Jedi. What the point that he did make is that George Lucas had a vision for where he was going, Mm -hmm. where the where the original and the prequel trilogy was going, and these movies. Kathleen Kennedy didn't really have a vision. She's like, don't worry, the directors will take care of it. J.J. Abrams obviously, you know, was confident, at least in some regard. It's like, don't worry, I'm going to have a plan for this. But then they're like, hey, let's bring in Ryan Johnson for some reason. Uh, and I and I don't and I don't really understand why. And it was funny, too, because after they brought him on, they're like, oh, he's also going to do episode nine. But with the criticisms of, of the last year, they're like, ooh, boy, we should we should course correct and bring back J.J. Abrams. And and I think it's just really sad because like just the way the whole saga ended, it's kind of like this is just what we're left with, uh, and that's why originally I was just like, well, I'm glad it's over. Yeah, but anyway, a few things like, yeah. for example, I think you know, you know, my roommate and best friend who's he's re- he's he, he's obsessed with Star Wars. Sure. Like, and yeah. He basically brought up a really good point where he's just like, look, as, as mad as people might be, like this is what they're gonna do. Look at the success of Clone Wars. Look at the success of Rogue One. Look at the success of of. Uh, Star Wars Rebels. So the, he is assuming that they're going to make an animated series, or they're going to do something different to to kind of tie up a lot of and, these. I mean, like, and, things. I, and I think that's fine. The problem is, however, is like that stuff was always just additional material. Like, great, more Star Wars. Okay, well, that, with this, it's, sure, it's different because like people had these expectations. The, these directors set up expectations, and now 
it's like, oh, well, this didn't meet it. Okay, okay, uh, sorry we fucked up. Here's some other stuff that might help, you know, satiate, like, your need and or, or hunger for uh, for some kind of, you know, I don't know, retributive uh, sense of, of where the where the saga was going. And I, and I think that's disingenuous, honestly, to, to do so, something so like that. Let me go through so Go ahead, yeah. yeah go so ahead this, says, this is an article from The Hollywood Reporter titled um, Rise, The Rise of Skywalker Ending uh, uh, Completed the Legacy of Star Wars. And this is this yeah. is his justification for that. He basically says that like a lot of fans were pissed about the Last Jedi because it basically said that that Ray is no one. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of fans are happy because it states that anybody, you know, it's the narrative of anyone. Yeah, anybody could, could be anybody could a be hero. hero. Yeah, right. Because, but this guy states on it goes as as much as he appreciates that Star Wars has always been about legacy. Yeah, bloodline. And what to do with that bloodline. Right. So he says that he believes the true through line. And of, that's what Rise of Skywalker does right. I yes. Think. Yeah. So when he says the through through line of, of, of the Star Wars films is not actually about legacy, but it's about choice. It's about what you do mm-hmm. with the legacy that you've been told. Do yeah. you succumb to, to what everybody judges you should be? Or do you rise up and be somebody different? Yeah, do you rise and, above it? Yeah. yeah, do you rise above it? Do you, you forge your own path? That's been a Star Wars theme forever. And even goes through, he says, when most people were pissed off or about, they say course correction in the sense that, uh, and I even had that critique too when I first saw it, when, when you know. Um, with The Last Jedi? Yep. Yeah. Uh, of, no, no, of, of Rise of Skywalker. Oh, when sure. when When Rey goes, you said I was from nobody. And he goes, well, your parents chose to be nobody to protect you. Yeah. You know, and I even was like, oh, good course correction. But then this guy says this. He says, what most people forget is if you go back to the Return of the, uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh-huh. There is an exchange between um, Obi-Wan and, and, and uh, Luke, and this is the exchange. He says, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. And Luke replies, a certain point of view. Right, about, about Vader being his yep. father. And yeah. then Obi-Wan responds in turn, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on your point of view of it. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, no, determine greatly it. on your own point of yeah, view. God damn it, is Obi-Wan Kenobi so fucking wise? But, <laughs> but, but no, but at least yeah. back this. So he goes, yes, Rey is somebody. She's a Palpatine, the granddaughter of the Emperor, um, Sheev Palpatine. While many have and will complain, this is a direct quote, by the way. Sure. When he, while many have and will complain that this reveal ruins Johnson's film, I'd argue the contrary. When Kylo Ren told Rey her parents were nobody, he was telling the truth from a certain point of view. Yeah. As Obi-Wan states to Luke yeah. when it comes to his father, he says they chose to be nobody in order to protect her. And really, and in reality, that is the beating heart of the Star Wars saga choice. Yeah. Well, it's also something, too, like the the, the choice that, that uh, Rey struggled with. I mean, because in The Last Jedi, one of the things that I did like about it is that when she goes... Uh, to train with Luke uh, for those few days, like when she goes into that little area, you know, that is apparently strong with the dark side of the force, that's not really made clear at all. But she basically went like the dark side of the force, like spoke to her and she went to it like immediately. And I think that was one of the thing, one of those things that, that says something about her journey is that like, because of her of her legacy and, and lineage that she is drawn to the dark side but it's her overcoming of it that defines her character yeah, and then when she used, when she shot the lightning out of her hand you know oh god like i really I th- enjoyed that by yeah, the way yeah for me though i, I like, thought oh. i thought because now i know what the colors mean like when she decided to come i thought her lightsaber should have been purple 
Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, because then yeah. she chose to yeah. be on the light side, but she has connections to the dark. So I think yeah. that, like, you know, but then yeah, again, it definitely. makes sense for the gold, I guess, in, yeah. in a certain way. But, you know, and then that doesn't the, make any sense to me, but uh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's just meant more of like, it has to do with like powerful understanding users of the force. Of course. You know, yeah, and yeah. I think that's where. Yeah, yeah. But the last little bit from this Hollywood article that I kind of want to just mention, he says, our search for the perfect Star Wars trilogy won't be fruitful because it never existed. He said, we've simply romanticized the films of our childhood and have gotten overly serious about the series in such a way that many of the things that have become nitpicks within these new films were present and taken stride for within the past films mm -hmm. is what he's trying to argue. Yeah. And so for me, I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of, my intuitions, I'm sympathetic to his understanding of that because at the end of the day, you know, and even the, the big debate between casual fans is why we brought up the whole, you know, fear is the path of the dark side because fear leads to anger, anger leads, you know, to all these things. So many Star Wars fans are fucking angry right now. And like they're they're spouting this anger and it's like that's not the way. Like let's just enjoy you know, yes, you can have problems, you can do that, but you have to like come with full force anger, pun intended. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> I just don't that. think that's Thanks warranted, that. you know. I yeah. and maybe it's because I'm maybe I'm more of a casual Star Wars fan, but and, and yet there are inconsistencies that I've even seen. Like he brings some of that up in the in the Golden Trilogy where he's like how did, or even in the prequels, he's like, how did nobody sense that Palpatine was there when they have a strong connection to the Force? Why did Darth Vader never sense that Leia was his daughter? How could he sense Luke but not sense Leia? Well, you know, just like, you know, there's just different I mean, yeah, I mean, questions. Like, if you want to get into that, I mean, we well, I'm can, not. But, uh, I'm, I'm, but it's not, they're not important. What I'm saying, the only reason I'm bringing them up, there were questions that there were yeah, questions that, were left that, even, that left unanswered yeah, yeah. even in the original trilogy. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I think right now with, with online and media, what I really think is going on. The, what pissed most people off between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi is I'm sympathetic to what Ryan Johnson was trying to do. You know, I, I understand, like, but it was, was trying just, to subvert expectations. Like, but it, I wasn't get, in the, I but it just wasn't in the space of what J.J. Abrams had initially set up, first yeah. of all. Yeah. You know, because I think J.J. Abrams was trying to go off of this legacy idea or this, because if you really think about it, you know, The, the Force Awakens was just a rehash. Like of, of oh yeah movie. yeah absolutely yeah but I think that's why it was so popular I think that's why yeah, I have a new trilogy you know people like that one oh most. you have you you have the you know it's like you have the Star Destroyer now instead of the Death Star you know and you have like you have to like oh you, you know, mean Star Killer Base Star Killer yeah, Base yeah, sorry yeah. yeah you have the Star Killer Base instead of the Death Star and it's more of like you have which to... you know honestly like the 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 level of Death Star technology I was watching this review from one of my uh, one of the YouTube creators I go for movie reviews uh, Jeremy Johns. Uh, he, in his uh, sort of review of, of Rise of Skywalker, it's just like, okay, why does the Death Star need to be in fucking everything? Why does Death Star technology need to be everywhere? Literally across the whole entire new trilogy, you've got Starkiller Base and Force Awakens. Uh, then you have like some made-up Death Star cannon in The Last Jedi. And then in Rise of Skywalker, literally every single Star Destroyer of the, of the Sith fleet has fucking Death, uh, Death Star technology on it. I, it's just like... Why is this the go-to thing? Like, I get it. Like, it's it's supposed it's to instill fear, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, really? Like, do we really need this? Anyway. And my biggest problem too, and I will agree with that video that you sent me, is like the thing which it's 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 the exposition. You know, the, I I will agree. There's no there's lack of richness. So the one thing I yeah I, I you know I said after the rise of Scott or the whole trilogy in, in general is like. I don't think they really built a strong connection between these characters, like to warrant oh, the celebration and connection they have in the end. I'm like, they didn't really flesh out 
you know what and i think i really do agree with him when he says what jj Abrams does a lot of like these serious moments they're interrupted with action yeah you know they're not like choice-based action it's more of interrupted for and then, sure like, you have yeah. to you know and so i agree and then even too i couldn't it drove me nuts and again somebody reminded me they're more for kids but i'm like give kids more credit because palpatine near the end of that i now pick up your lightsaber you how many times say you must kill me in anger to possess the sith line you need to i'm like will you stop it with dude i know i know narrating everything you know what's funny i I really loved palpatine in the new movie but that was like okay i don't think it's like like after the third time you've told that's not out of anger you need to well you have to stop saying that like you've said it five times and then even like we get it then yeah we get it then even got so far to be like yes now turn on the lightsaber now walk towards me now yeah. now stab me with anger yeah. i'm just like really? i am the sith you you're know? gonna it's narrate like, her even you're gonna tell her to turn it on and you're gonna tell her does to she not know how you? it works you know like look if you tell her to kill you in anger she's got a lightsaber i think she know. you know it's like just yeah. trust that we know that you know what we're all talking about yeah also just like that's just not how you manipulate somebody also like you know okay okay well great parallel here with uh, return of the jedi so like when um luke skywalker excuse me is fighting his father at the end and uh, Palpatine is trying to, you know, manipulate them both basically into fighting each other. Uh, and, and the sort of peril that, uh, that Palpatine put all of his friends and the entire rebel fleet uh, in that, those last few scenes, it made sense for Luke Skywalker to be, uh, you know, to have that sort of trepidation of like, Oh my God, like, should I fucking kill Palpatine out of anger right now? You know, because yeah, it would end, it would end the war, but it would be in vain and it would be out of anger. And like that manipulation, if it succeeded, then Luke would turn to the dark side. However, he didn't because he's stronger than that. In Rise of Skywalker with Rey, there's no, there's no reason for, even if she did kill Palpatine, it like just him saying like, okay, kill me out of your anger. Like it wouldn't be, it would be disingenuous. And and Ray was also, I feel like my, my critique of Ray is like, even in the last film, it's just like, I just wasn't, you know, she was just so disconnected from everybody. Oh yeah. And it was just like, and like, it didn't make sense to me that these other characters were caring about her so well. Cause she didn't give a fuck about any of them. No, she didn't. You know, and it's just like I felt like that was also kind of disingenuous to what they were trying to build initially with her. Well, and it's it's just, it's, it's part of the same problem that I had with uh, with Luke in Return of the Jedi is that like he he's just like no fuck this like I, I don't want to have any part of this and it's like really dude like you could you could save you could do something to help get us out of this peril and like you know and like you were responsible for Ben Solo and you're responsible for it now. Okay, well like, let's, let's not bring that up even in the Last Jedi because that's also another big ass critique that yeah. people hated was you know Luke having that slight lapse of judgment you know what I mean and, and turning on his lightsaber to yeah. almost, you know and the people were like so mad he was so strong and I'm like. I mean, I wasn't even mad at that. I wasn't mad yeah. at that because I, I thought what it did is it, it provided a human element and it provided like this aspect of like, holy shit, that struggle is it's it's not it doesn't stop by making the choice. Once. No, absolutely because like you constantly have to struggle with the with letting the dark side influence. Yeah, you. because that fear of like, oh my god, like he could be he could like bring back the dark side and the Sith and like. And like maybe I should kill him to stop it. And like I thought that was a great yeah. character moment. Yeah, because yeah. what happens is he realized in that moment that his own fear of that is actually succumbing to the fear that he didn't want to succumb to in the first place. Yeah, yeah and he absolutely. has to. Now, do I agree with how they chose Luke to handle that? Maybe not. No, like yeah. I don't agree to have Luke seclude himself becomes this crotchety old man because he did that. I mean, part of me is like, okay, I see the parallels that they're trying to make. Like with Yoda, you know, like Yoda was like the secluded old wise Jedi, but he was much different than 
than Luke. I mean, for a long time, you know, we thought when Luke was going to be introduced back into the trilogy, he was going to be this sort of gray Jedi who was like not really on either side of the force. And he was going to have something wise to say anyway, and maybe save the day or something like that, or give way to, uh, to Ray becoming more powerful, but they ended up not, you know, Ryan Johnson decided not to do that. And it's like, Oh yeah, let's just have him be some asshole. And it's like, yeah, you know, I, I, that's what I didn't like. I didn't mind the, the complexities and the character arcs of his struggle with that choice. But for me, it's just like, uh, it didn't. I didn't really buy that Luke would just seclude no, himself. No, like no, because like, especially you know, when Leia continues to fight on and like how passionate Luke was, it's like Luke. I would assume that Luke would at some point come back from that. Yeah, like not still be right. on this fucking. Well, especially just. I mean, think about the marketing for the Last Jedi and like you know what one of my critiques that I was mentioning earlier about how like there was that moment with Rey and and Kylo when like they they could have brought balance to the force by coming together you know with the with the marketing you know let's just look at the title you know the last jedi like it was you know it was supposed to be Luke right and like maybe he could have paved the way for a better future by letting the jedi way die and like hopefully killing off this the sith way of life and even in the trailers and 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 in the dialogue of the film, and he's like, "It's time for the Jedi to end." I thought that was great, actually. Yeah, because then we even goes to burn the thing before. Yeah, because like we could we could really end this right now. Like we could end this whole fight by just succumbing, just to just accepting the Force the way it is, and not trying to go for either side, letting letting there be true balance. I thought that would have been brilliant, but of course, where it, where it ended up going is that Luke was just like afraid to use the Force. I, I, you know, I don't know. I was just like really taken aback by it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that 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 makes sense, and I, I I just you know for me, it's just more of this. People are are so passionate, and I get that, and and I kind of wanted to bring up like what we think that social media influences, you know, in the world. Yeah, where, if you want, we can we can talk about Kelly Marie Tran a little bit. Yes, um, actually, and, and let's how. probably get down to that because I know that you and I are going to have some some disagreements on that. So yeah, yeah, I think let, let's let's talk about let's talk about Kelly Tran. I think it, let's get into that conversation. So why don't you get us started then? Because I know that if, if off <laughs> mic, you were the one that kind of, you know, said something that that was like, oh, I'm going to push back. Said something triggering. Yeah, 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 you did. So, yeah. so let's go ahead and have you start, um, and then I will just kind of like jump jump in on. Yeah, when I find, great. When I, I, find I think uh, I think a good jumping off point is just her role in both the Last Jedi, um, mainly in the Last Jedi, but and and a little bit in Rise of Skywalker. So in the Last Jedi. She is her character arc is just uh, sort of boggles my mind like why why she's even there. So I mean if we if we look at the film, she is sort of this maintenance worker and guarding of the escape pods ex- escape pods when Finn is trying to legitimately leave to go find help, I think, and she confuses him for just being a deserter. And stops him and then realize, like, you know, she didn't let him talk and then and 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 then realize only later it's like, oh, no, I, he was just trying to, you know, go find help. So let me go help you. So they go on this fucking quest to go find this dude who can help, you know, uh, hack into the, uh, you know, Star Destroyer systems or get them into a Star Destroyer or something like that. I think they end up getting captured. Uh, but, yeah, they go on this quest on this some fucking casino planet. And go down there, and she ends up sort of revealing how she has a lot of sympathy for uh, for the rebellion, obviously, and how like she sort of came from the same type of at least slave environment that a lot of the children uh, and and animal uh, domesticated animals or wild animals that they have trapped in there on that planet 
she she comes from somewhere in that and the whole in the whole plot of going down there ends up being completely useless because they get captured and their plan doesn't end up working and so it was just like filler basically but i think the 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 sort of cardinal sin i think what a lot of people are at least i'm ups, uh, was upset with uh in the last jedi was that finn finn's arc in the last jedi was like okay look i became this i was this stormtrooper and i defected to join the rebellion to join the resistance but in the last jedi he's like maybe this is a little bit too big you know big of a task for me to tackle and maybe i will maybe i will sort of waver in in this goal and this quest to 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 bring about the resistance to the first order and in this sort of last moments of that film he actually is prepared to sacrifice himself for the resistance and he's like you know what i'm going to i am going to do something bigger myself and i'm going to like run into this sort of fucking death star cannon that he has and those little things on that planet the salt planet uh, that they were on or whatever it was and in the last moments fucking rose or kelly marie trans character fucking stops him from doing that stops him from saving a bunch of people hundreds of people and it's like no if we just let if we let people die you know if we sacrifice people then it won't be for love or something like that and it's like what why why is this in here why is this in here and uh and i think the the biggest issue was that like literally she was there to block a character arc of a strong character arc of, of a main character and then of course with jj abrams not knowing what to do with her for nothing really being set up for her in the last jedi she is just sort of given this passive role in rise of skywalker for i mean i don't know she's just there and i think what i know we want to talk about is this sort of hatred that she was sort of given okay after you the just last gave Jedi. your interpretation before we get there uh, yeah. we'll, we'll give mine so first of all like what i saw was she was a moral anchor character is what i've seen her described and and what i for finn yes what I mean by that is, look, Finn didn't have a... I don't think that she stopped Finn from this, like, extravagant, like, life He was literally mission. about to save everybody. He was about to sacrifice see, see, himself th- to save everybody. That's why you say that, but it's like, is it really saving everybody? And I think she was trying to go off of, like, the grand scale versus the smaller scale. Of just, like, what is the point of doing what you're going to do? Like, if you don't have a sense of, of a connectivity to why... You were doing what you're doing. And I just like the idea of her sister. That was the moment. The idea of her sister dying. That was the moment where he felt connection. I I don't know, though. I guess I just didn't see it like that. I I didn't really just, I you know, I thought I didn't have a problem with her stepping in. Because, again, for me, I guess, like, I was sympathetic to the the, the shit she was spouting. To me, it made sense. Like, it made sense what she was, why she would stop that. And then, again, you have her in the, and, like, they try to say that it's because of, like, you know, Carrie Fisher passing and like the lack of CGI and authenticness is why that her scenes got cut a little bit, but then they had to backtrack because the fucking graphics people were pissed that he said that. So then he backtracked <laughs> and he was like, no, no, I meant that like, you know, we couldn't film more stuff and it wasn't like conducive to this or to that. It had nothing to do with our graphics guys. It was just yeah. this or this. That. And then you look online and like, like the amount of racism, like, and again, we'll talk about this. It's It's just like, Somebody went on the Wikipedia and changed, like, her name to, like, some very racist shit. So it's like, yes, that may not be the direct reason, but the amount of of attack that she got for just what she looks like was also just kind of unwarranted, in my opinion. I mean, if yeah, If you're going to sure. critique her, then sure, I'm, I'm okay with you I, I telling also, me, like... Yeah, but I also just, think, too, like, I mean, just in the age... Is that her fault, in, or is that writer's fault? Is it her fault that she was doing the script that was written for her to do? Well, it's my same problem with the guy who played Jagger Banks. I mean, that guy should kill himself. But I think when the age that we... <laughs> he did. 
No, he did not. He, he did not the, kill himself. The guy that the guy that conceptualized Jar Jar Binks did. Oh well, I mean, you know, the guy I don't that know, came. I don't know. I don't know anything about that I'm just guy. Saying before but you the guy who played same... Jar Jar Binks should also kill himself. Anyway, the, oh the, God, at the, the age that we live in, the right, age of Twitter, joking, guys. Uh, the age of Christ. Twitter. I'm not joking. The age of Twitter and and social media that we live in. The thing is, is like when there are actual critiques presented against her character arc, those were also misconstrued as racism and like alt and alt right trolls. And I think the the that's the biggest problem is that like what Ryan Johnson did. Again, my my some of my biggest uh, gripes with the Last Jedi is that he was trying to subvert subvert expectations, and what he ended up doing is knowingly went against sort of what the fans wanted. And I think the biggest thing with with Lucasfilm being bought by Disney is a huge a, claim you just made. I know it's a huge claim, but I think the the biggest thing with with Disney no, buying we're gonna, we're going to stop on this for a second. What? You're going to tell me that he knowingly decided to make choices that were going to irritate the entire like were against purposefully against the fandom what the fandom wanted yes but you're also so but you don't are you okay with fan servicing then or you're not uh to some extent i think i think again the biggest thing is that jj abrams set up these expectations for what the trilogy was going to be like i have no idea how you're the married one with a kid in the room i have no <laughs> idea what do you mean what, what I mean is like you should just spend the rest of your life alone. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> continue. I just think that like he he was trying to subvert expectations, and what he ended up doing is saying "fuck you" to some people, and then at the end of the film, he's like, "No, don't worry, I'm still playing into the same bullshit." Because again, this is my problem. It's like you have this chance to to set a balance and get rid of this light side and dark side bullshit. And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to subvert expectations. It's not going to pan out how you how you expected. And it's like, yeah, exactly. We were expecting a kind of balance with the scenes that you were writing and directing. And that ended up not happening. And, is, and again, is what he does is he he decides to come in and just like fuck with shit. And I just don't I don't see that because it's not part of the ethos of what Star Wars originally was. I see this as Finn giving up and it's too hard. It's too much for me. And then I'm going to sacrifice myself because this is the right thing to do. But I think like and you look at the Rise of Skywalker in the and I think that Finn's character is completely reflected on what happened in The Last Jedi to make him as effective and as useful as he is in The Rise of Skywalker. And he's the only one that is like continuing to be hopeful and to continue to have this like this passion and this drive. Dude, the only reason why he does the things in the in, in Rise of Skywalker is because he feels fucking useless. It's because he's like, okay, at least Poe can fucking fly a ship and, and become a, a, an important general and an important strategic person. Poe wasn't really fleshed out that well. And Poe's, I mean, I agree. Poe's supposed to be the Han Solo of this trilogy. Eh, like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm using I, and I don't really, big air I know, big, here. huge, giant air quotes. Yeah. And I feel the same. But, but at least Poe was given some sort of importance. And Rey... You know, she's like, well, she's the main character. Finn doesn't have anything to fucking do. That's interesting. And Ray is who that's was... because he was he didn't sacrifice himself. Okay, well, Ray is who I was Ray is who I was <laughs> least interested in. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, I agree. mean, not in a rude way. I, but honestly, just... I mean, I, I thought like the film really sh- should have just focused. I mean, I, I know it focused a lot, but I think it should have just focused more on the struggle of, of Ben Solo and Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren was, you know, the, I thought he was. He great. was he, that was the probably the best. You know, the, the just complexities and. And you know, and the, this whole idea of like, do you like that one? That one video, it's like, oh, does he does he believe that he deserves redemption, or like, is that something that should happen to him? And, and the way that it's I mean, I don't know him. if I mean, like, you know, 
you could say that he thinks that he is that he's owed redemption, but I think just in his actions, like he obviously feels a tremendous guilt for killing his father. Well, and I then... think his I think his redemption is warranted, and I think the reason why people might be a little like hesitant on that is because we didn't have Carrie Fisher, you know. And I feel like if Carrie Fisher was still around, and like because that was the connection, you can tell that they were establishing that his mom was the last. Yeah, like string that he was. I mean, that's why he had cut. the struggle of. I mean, that's what he. That's why he failed to uh, to kill her in the Last Jedi, and then she had her little Mary Poppins moment. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely, and I think that's why when he di- when he was sort of fa- fakely falsely killed, you know, by Ray, like she died right there. She's like, okay, this is like the last little bit of strength I had. Um, but but then of course you know Ray's like, oh my god, I feel bad because like I was responsible for Leia dying. And so it's just like, I have to heal Kylo because, or else, like, I'm just as much as the problem. I'm just as much as the dark side. Um, I thought that was great, honestly. Right. Yeah. No, I agree, um, too. I, just... I mean, because here's the thing. I think, you know, sort of what we're getting at, the sort of divisiveness and contentiousness in the Star Wars fan base, is, like, there are a lot of great things that I that I liked about, I mean, there are some things that I liked about Last Jedi, and there's also a lot of things that I like and dislike about Rise of Skywalker, you know, I like how dark it started. I do think that they rushed the entire movie. It should have been a two-parter. See, it's funny that you say that, too, because, you know, I, I, I kind of pseudo-said it should have been a two-parter, too, but then that kind of breaks the idea of a trilogy. Like, you know, I get it, but yeah. it's like technically... But it could have been a way to, to sort of separate But at itself. the same time, though, it's just like, you know, I think also, and I, I kind of agree with that that guy when he's critiquing the way that J.J. Abrams makes films, and he goes, yeah, when you make films that has you don't really build character narrative. You build a lot of exposition narrative where like a lot of characters are saying where they need to go and what they need to do. Uh-huh. Not as opposed to how they feel about what they're doing. Or yeah. like you have those moral characters that are supposed to flesh out what people are doing. Not to mention like everything is just broken by action, which is not a bad thing, but like, but when it's all the time, when it's all the time, like it, it just feels rushed, you know, cause guess what? When, when the characters are rushed because they are, yeah, you know, and the storyline establishes a plot of being rushed. Like it is, well, so I think of... it's a combination of both. And so most people like equate it to being rushed as in it's JJ Abrams is playing course correction. But I think, you know, this guy kind of says, you know what? No, the ability of choice and, and like kind of how they cleverly just decided to like, what it's still course correction in a sense, but it's still within the canon of, of what the, yeah. the themes are. But also it kind of breaks down to, J.J. Abrams is like he does have a way of telling stories that like the guy talked about Mission Impossible uh-huh. how yes those kind of movies are perfect for high action exposition yeah, minimal storytelling yeah. but like Star Wars maybe not so much yeah no I agree and and I mean honestly you know just look at the the, the sort of whatever you call it love interest that Poe had in Rise of Skywalker this woman who he used to know like think about it J.J. Abrams if he wanted that to begin with he could have set something up like that uh, some struggle with Poe in The Force Awakens and like had to leave his life of, of, of you know, smuggling or, or, or some grummy part of, of the galaxy in order to join the resistance and then bring that character back and bring that struggle back in Rise of Skywalker. Then we would have felt something like, but after seeing the movie, it's like, I don't fucking care who that lady is. I don't give a shit. Like I'm with her for two seconds and then she comes back in the end and is like, hey, guess what? I have like I, a, a, a ship to help fight. It's like okay, like why? I you know I just like I don't care like and I don't um, care yeah, about Poe's feeling of this lady. Yeah, but for me, I just think no, she was. I think she was just symbolic for everybody else. She's symbolism for Poe feeling like he has no optimism that nobody's going to help, mm-hmm. you know. And she shows you that she's stubborn and not going to do that. But then when she shows up to help, 
I think it's supposed to be a representation of, of the greater problem of post struggle with like, is it worth it? You know, mm -hmm. like if people are even going to stand up or am I going to be alone? And he almost feels defeated. And when she comes in, she is the, she is our representation of everybody in the galaxy that he feels that they're, that they think that the, that the we're not gonna be able to do this. Right. And when she shows up and then everybody else follows, you know, that is our connection to Poe that she is the, is the guiding force to, to get Poe to be like, no, people want to help. Well, that's, to be fair, I mean, like she's only following fucking uh, Lando Calrissian who shows up with. Yeah, you know, but that's my interpretation though, because yeah. that's the directly linked to Poe. But I think that if you go, I mean, you're right in the sense that, you know, establishing a sense of relationship or, or, or connectivity, you know, makes sense. But Star Wars has always done this. Like if my lore is correct, like originally, you know, Darth Vader wasn't, you know, like Luke Skywalker's father, like that was right. adapted later. And it was like, or Luke and Leia being a brother and sister. And that obviously that also wasn't the original no, yeah. pathway yeah. for that. So you can even learn in the golden trilogy or even the history, they change shit on the whim, you know, that, that necessarily wasn't that, or, or I guess not change more of just, uh, uh, give more detail. And that detail sure. kind of like, establishes. Out. but I, I think also too, again, there was more clear direction. And where they wanted to take, uh, you know, the original and prequel trilogy with this, it was just like, okay, how can we make this coherent? You know, like in, you know, again, you know, you're talking about fo with, with Poe and him, ha you know, sort of borderline on being pessimistic and like, yes. okay, we're not going to, we're not going to get help. And this is just, I'm sorry that I fucked up. Mm -hmm. I think that the path that set him on that was sort of the failings of, of plotting in The Last Jedi with, with Admiral Holdo. And where he had this sort of optimism that would have been able to actually help. And because of Admiral Holdo deciding like, oh, you're just some hothead fucking toxic male, then we're not going to tell you our plans when you actually could help because you are, you know, you do have something to give. I think that right there, if that whole thing never would have happened, then he actually would have had the optimism to help, to help get through uh, the events in Rise of Skywalker. I guess, yeah, fair enough. But maybe they just wanted, you know, again, just to try a semblance of, of a character arc for him. So maybe like, why get rid of that in, 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 in two? But I think you have, you know, in, the, in the, the, the prequels, it's like, look, you know what you have to get to. Like the prequels just have to wrap it up to get to the start of movie four. Oh yeah, like if if you you know like if you would have watched like you know if you've never seen Star Wars and you watch the prequels before watching the original, the weight of finding out that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father would have fallen flat, right? Mm -hmm. You'd be like, okay, yeah, we knew we know this, you know. So it takes it takes watching the original. That's why I also think too, like how how are we gonna feel about the new trilogy, fifteen twenty years from now? Like, are we going to look back in hindsight? You'd be like, okay, maybe it wasn't that bad. Right. You know, or like, you know, maybe they did some bold moves, you know, because who knows? I mean, like some, you know, shit could happen and they could put out a bunch of other, you know, because originally they were going to have Ryan Johnson finish up this trilogy and then give him his own trilogy that was something different. But because of the way The Last Jedi panned out among fans, they're like, no, we're going to take that away, give you back to, uh, give this back to J.J. Abrams. And then ironically, they were going to give a new trilogy to, um, uh, the the showrunners of Game of, of Thrones, Game of Thrones yeah. but because but people hated it, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh shit. Well, because look, like I, you know, and, and here's the thing though, I've heard some couple of interviews, and they, and I think those writers, look, I don't agree with everybody bashing them at the level that they have, but yeah. they were lazy in the last season. Absolutely. Everybody can tell that they didn't wrap up a lot of stuff. They were quick to just close it down, and you can tell that it was like disingenuous the way that they Absolutely. were handling that. Yeah, and that's totally a fine critique, but for them to get all huffy and puffy, I'm just like, all right, well. Like, yes, I don't think people should be attacking you and saying that you should never work again. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. 
like or saying that you should die like that's for shit. i don't think you should tell anybody that they should die in because that's fucking ridiculous and rude. <laughs> but um uh anyway so yeah, yeah we don't know but so anyway but the point is though is that you know there are there are aspects of that and i think that again with social media it's like it's it's bizarre because you know the these these movie makers are listening to fans more often than not but who are they listening to like it's I guess for me, it's like there's a danger of trying to, to reshape things because fans are no, and I I completely agree with that. You know, and and again, the, the 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 one thing that I want to say, because I know we're getting to an hour and a half mark, so yeah. I know we're kind of getting close to being done here. But the, the one of the things that I wanted to make sure I said was, you know, to all you trolls out there that love Jedi's, remember, like, you know, you're fearing change because you, you're used to what you know, right? And sometimes change can be scary, something like that. But when you fear, fear leads to anger. And you're hopping online, doing all these things. You are not living the Jedi way. You are being angry, and you yeah. are you are you know just just look. You can find <laughs> things to enjoy, and just like for me, they are entertaining. I'm I in mean, the world. Yeah. I love the universe of Star Wars. I love how they plan stuff in it. Yes, I have critiques. I have things. But am I going on there and fucking yelling online? And, you know, either saying racist stuff or either saying shit should be canceled or closed down. Or this person should never work again. It's like, for fuck's sake, guys, calm the fuck down. Like, that's all I yeah. got to say. I know. it's a, There's something actually ironic about that because, like, a lot of these people who, who who make these critiques are often associated. It just so, like, what I was talking about before, are often associated with alt-right trolls. And yet it's also, what's funny, the, the sort of atmosphere that is created by those kind of people are often criticisms of how the left wants to shut down everything, shut down and cancel people. And right. I think that is sort of ironic in how, like, okay, you're just doing the same thing that you're that you're saying that they you hate. They both are, and and again, it's this idea that like people have lost sight that things can exist in the in the same space. Like, yeah, people could have had very terrible reasons for not liking Rose's character. You know. Mm -hmm. it could be misogynist it could be racist those sure. can exist but i understand that people like you who goes i just think your character is written garbagely yeah like you know, I, I could care less if like if she was a woman or, you know or a man or right whoever, like you know. were trying to you were trying to make the claim that but see that's the i thing. Also just thought that like her and, Pin, and finn's relationship was forced like why kiss him at, like anyway but i'm sympathetic yeah. i'm sympathetic because people are like look if you're raised in a patriarchal system you know and you understand <laughs> Like I know that's it's look that's okay I, it's okay I'm not like you know I'm not look I'm not trying to I like, don't think you're being ridiculous right yeah. what I'm trying to say is this I am sympathetic to a through line of this a lot of media culture has been dominated you know by white men I I mean I guess it I guess it depends on what you mean by media culture I just meant like. For the longest time, just because that's how the social structure was, those were the guys doing those the, are the Those are the voices who those are are the heard voices. the most. Those are the, yeah. yeah. I, know. I know. Like, so look, I that know. is just an objective statement. Like, they just were the ones that were yeah. heard the most and done the most. Now, granted, again, all I'm trying to say is that it's understandable that, like, some people can point out that you may not like what you stood for without you really knowing. Because, again, look at, like, Robert Sapolsky's book says that things trigger in the brain before you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. Like, you show a picture, if you were, like, they, you know, they studied racism. They showed a picture of a different race, and their amygdala flared faster than their cognitive recognition had. Right, yeah. So there's been evidence that you can be predisposed to a choice before you're aware of that course. you're predisposed yeah. to that choice. Yeah, yeah. So I am sympathetic to the argument that you may have not liked her, because she didn't fit a simple mold that you're used to seeing. There's an element of that that potentially could be true. Mm -hmm. I'm just acknowledging that that's correct. Yeah. 
but I'm also understanded and accepted that there are some people that may just not like the character build of stopping Finn or doing for things sure. like that. Yeah, for sure. Now, however, the issue that I have is I think what you're getting at is we live in a culture now where it has to be one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. One side is, is everything's you know, black and white. Everything's black and white. So basically what the, a lot of the hardcore lefts is doing is that like, if you don't like Rose's character, you automatically don't like it because you're a racist mm -hmm. because you hate her. Yeah. When I don't necessarily think that that's true for all people, it's all context based by the individual. Yes. Even though a majority of people that I've seen in the comments, like I've seen some of the shit that people have said to her and that's fucking racist bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. But you know, but I mean, but it also doesn't mean that if you come at me and say, "Hey, I don't care what she was. Like I'm important about storytelling. I can give a fuck all. There's alien races. I just like right. I thought Finn should have done this and I thought that like maybe if she would have done this or this that I would have been better." But you know, and I'm not going to call you a racist because yeah. you have well, narrative you're, problems. You're, yeah. You're a little a, bit higher elevated than most uh, folk there, Josh, but I think also too, you know, we have to look at the other side is is like if you are pro People like that. Okay, look at the you look at the sneak lesbian kiss that that got into Rise of Skywalker for some reason at the end. It's like, it you know it wasn't even like bad or weird that like it was two women kissing, but it was kind of like, okay, why is it? <laughs> it's like why are you trying to do this? It's because I think that Disney is is now this is maybe a little bit conspiratorial, but I think that Disney is sort of trying to propagate up this this uh, face value wokeness. That I think is pissing a lot of people off. See, which is for good which reasons. Is, which is, you say good reasons, you say piss a lot of people off, but that's literally what has been going on the entire time. I know companies to make money always adapt to what's I, what's culturally I, growing. They have done that since fucking consumerism has been. I know, mass and thing. I know, and I fucking like, and all, hate it. And I all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like Star Wars does it, and or people are doing it, and that because now the because the it's gotten into their stuff. Yeah, like you've 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 stirred the pot in my stew, and I it's don't just, like that. I, honestly, I have no problem with it. What the who the fuck cares, Ian? Who the fuck cares? Because it's disingenuous. It's disingenuous. How, how is it disingenuous? Because we don't know anything about these people. I'm just saying, like, it, it, like they made it an effort to not like put it in our faces, but they made it an effort to make it noticeable. And if you're going out to do that, like, give me some fucking depth to that, because that character, the 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 older woman who initiated the kiss, she had been in the other movies. And sort of given something, and it's like I would have appreciated some substance there. So, like, if like, you so, want me to care, if so, you want me to right, care sure. about the kiss, then give me something more. Okay, so maybe kind of about like so. Okay, okay. So back in that video, then when he talked about now again, I don't, I don't agree with his critique per se, but I agree with the sentiment of the critique. If that makes sense, he thinks that Finn Poe should have had a relationship. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's ridiculous. See, I don't think it's ridiculous at all. I mean, I just, I just don't see what's the problem of, like, two men having, like, a platonic... No, no, like, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this. You literally just said that you wanted more substance if you're going to get, like, yeah. you know, if you're going to get the same-sex kiss, yeah. right? So what I'm saying is, like, if they chose to create that bond between Finn and Poe, right, and that's the substance of the kiss, mm -hmm. then great. Like, I'm not... Critiquing. Sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that they should have done that. Yeah. Like, they chose not to do that, and that's fine, yeah. right? They chose to leave it platonic because there's nothing wrong with that. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I meant that if you wanted... So what I'm telling to say you is, like, if you are pissed because the kiss was disingenuous because they threw it in there with no context to be appreciative of that, right? Right. That was the situation where they may the have done did. that. Yeah, and I, and I That's think... why my sentiment for that is, is right. But my right. critique is, like, he, the, the, the author of it, actually critiqued it and said it was wrong for them to not make that connection between Poe and Finn. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it was wrong. 
I'm just right. saying that like if your critique is right and if you want that to be more meaningful, then yes, you should have created. Yeah, no, it would have. Yeah, and I think too. I mean, we we run into this paradox right before, like because you were you know, we were just talking about like if we only do what the fans want to do then like what's you know like there's no risk taking you know because like if you yeah, but the fans if you would have made divided on what to do no i know that yeah, but and but, that's also a but there was a large group of people like that seriously wanted the bromance between finn and poe into ended up something romantic and if they would have done that i'm just saying you don't make anybody happy right you know because if you made them kiss or have some other future relationship or like you would have been like yes that's exactly what i wanted or you would have pissed off a bunch of like homophobic fucking assholes you know who are like no like they only needed a platonic relationship i mean I don't know what the, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see a problem in pissing off homophobic assholes, but that's just. Me. I mean, I don't I, I don't necessarily see that either, but like those those people pay for your movies. I, I'm just saying. I mean, I guess if, you know, from you know, yeah, it's it's a calculated thing, you know. In, yeah, in how I mean, you, I, I mean, yeah, you kind of just like you're such a pragmatist sometimes. Me? Yeah, 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 yeah. especially like when it yeah. comes to that. Yeah, like that's 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 a very like pragmatic approach of that like let's just get up morals and let's talk about sales like, yeah. just, like <laughs> yeah. i know can no, we like, forget all this bullshit like, like i'm not a racist i'm a pragmatist okay yeah. like i gotta make money all right like i hate everybody therefore i can sell to everybody so anyway what do you think you want to wrap it up there i think that's good i think all right guys so yeah so we just had a little fun we know we got into some weeds we i think yeah. it was a good conversation it was for good. sure yeah i know this is sort of like a niche conversation like some of the other like random offshoots that we have like yes. the death episode i know was just like we just needed to talk about it star wars we needed to talk about um i'm you know when josh and i come up with episode topics we're still sort of in that mode of like what do you guys want to listen to and yeah, hear we're still and hear and talk about what's popular like our not. our nihilism episode is still you know very popular in the 150 download range you know i know we our, our our original flaws in American democracy is still another popular episode. Our, our revisit of it is is shooting up there in the numbers. But um, guys, like, tell us what you want <laughs> us to talk about. Yeah, because uh, we will. Josh actually had a great idea for doing an important uh, figure in history. Yeah, so we might be like, not like a series, but like, a hey, ser- let's talk about this important figure. Yeah, but it might be you know it might be loose in the in the sense of what range, whether that be like culturally influence influential or, or philosophically influential or you know or just somebody that like made a, a great change you know because i think too it's like again we, we talk about self-education mm-hmm. and you know intellectual skepticism so what's nice is like we're allowed to go back in time and focus on things because i think what happens is, is we forget the past and we're bound to make the same mistakes because right. people have fleshed some of these things out so I, I like the idea of ian and i bringing up people that have maybe you know maybe finding people that that have prominent situations of things that they've talked about that we're seeing resurge of conflict today when these people dealt with this conflict and had ideas of how to resolve it back then right and like it kind of like wayside and then boom all of a sudden here we are again so maybe like visiting visiting people from our past to help understand our current culture is kind of an idea that we're we might do next yeah for sure you know maybe maybe we could do something like that like pick somebody like once a month we that we talk about yeah or every you know every couple or something like that. And then but, of course, you know, with the, with it being 2020 and election year, you'll be seeing us cover a lot of politics this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we'll be in touch guys. So maybe, again, maybe we'll do a bonus or something like that about the upcoming, uh, um, state of the union. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for now, you know, our Patreon, we're going to have a lot more bonus episodes up a lot more early releases. So please go check that out. And again, guys, as Ian said, like, we want to know what you want to hear. So like, yes, we have a Patreon tier that might cover episodes, but I'm just going to say this right now necessary bs podcast at gmail.com yeah if, if you hit us up if there's something that you would like we'll respond to you 
because we're not very big right now. Yeah. <laughs> and and there the won't be a lot of yeah, well, there won't be a lot of you writing in. I know that. So yeah, if you we, do, we, we will respond. But if you do, we'll respond and we you know, we can, you know, we're we're gonna leave this open ended. If if there's if somebody reaches out to us that listens to us that with the topic that they'd like us to discuss, we'd be interested well, yeah, in Yeah, absolutely. It. I mean, cause you guys probably know what we're get out better than we do. Yep. And so, you know, if there's something that is really like pressing that should be talked about, then like, I mean, that's, that's part of the thing. We're having these conversations to, to, to sort of develop a community Yep. and you know, we want to grow and, and that includes you. So. We want you to be a part of our community. We want you to be bullshitters with us. Yeah. Come be a bullshitter. <laughs> okay. All right. On that note, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. We're going to get out of here. Bye. Yeah. See you later. See you, see you, see you. Maybe on Taco Tuesday. Juicy. Uh, everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you.